What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to episode 70 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, today's episode is pretty much going to be a college football episode. There wasn't a lot going on in the MLB world or even the NFL world, but there was definitely a lot of college football news to report on. Most notably, it's going to be mostly talking about some high school recruitments and most five-star and kind of sought after recruits in the 2023 class have finally made their decisions. Now, Texas, as we all know, have been absolutely dominating right now the college football landscape when it comes to recruiting. But Notre Dame continues to remain a hot landing spot for a lot of new recruits. So we'll talk about that, you know, pretty much at the beginning of today's episode. We'll also talk about Terry McLaurin and the Washington Commanders agreeing to a new contract extension to keep the very talented wide receiver in Washington. And then to wrap up today's episode, we will be talking a little bit about the DeShante Murray trade to the Atlanta Hawks. But anyway, guys, before we do begin today's episode, like we always do, please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Both are at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on their respective platforms. If you are interested in daily sports news and just daily sports content, I highly should check in. I highly suggest checking out both of those platforms. I will leave a link down in the description for both of them as well. But anyway, guys, I don't want to waste y'all's time, so let's get right into today's episode. Now, the first college football news that we are going to talk about today is regarding five-star wide receiver Jonte Cook II. Now, if that name kind of does sound familiar to you, and it's not just because of his college football talent and athleticism, it is due to the fact that he trended a while back for taking an official visit to Texas and was kind of clowning the fact that, you know, they had no football trophies. It was mostly swimming trophies, tennis trophies, and everything like that. Well, Jonte, I mean, he kind of had a right to say that as Jonte is currently ranked the number 35th player in the class of 2023 overall, as well as the number six recruit in the state of Texas. Now, Jonte, he was looking at, at a couple schools. Oregon kind of seemed to have a hot hand when it came to his recruitment. He also was looking at A&M and then UT. Now, those are kind of his three finalists. Now, he had, you know, numerous D1 offers, but for a lot of places and even him himself, it did seem like he was mostly targeting Oregon and then the two Texas schools. Well, Jonte, he decided to officially make his commitment in the middle of this week, and he announced that he will be joining the University of Texas. Now, this is probably largely due in fact that Arch Manning committed to Texas earlier on this week, and he, I think even in the interview, Jonte said that was largely due in fact that also Arch was going to UT, which definitely hurts AM because I know that they were super high on him and they really. 
you know, really wanted to get him. And I know Oregon as well. They kind of thought that they were, you know, could possibly end up landing the super talented wide receiver out of DeSoto, Texas. But it seems like Jonte had completely other plans. So he decided to join Arch Manning down there in Austin, Texas. And I mean, Texas fans, y'all should really be thanking the absolute heck out of Steve Sarkeesian and Arch Manning. Because if Steve Sarkeesian did not build a great relationship with Arch Manning, I don't know if y'all would have his as great of a recruiting class as y'all having right now because the amount of O-line recruits that have committed to Texas just in this week I think is like upwards of eight, I want to say. So it's absolutely insane. And now the fact that they just went out and got five-star wide receiver Jontae Cook, who is a top 50 uh, recruit in the class of 2023, it's just an absolute get for the Texas Longhorns. But anyway, yeah, Jontae Cook, five-star wide receiver, has officially announced his commitment to the University of Texas now, for our next couple news, we will be talking about Notre Dame and some of the key commitments they've gotten just this week alone. And in case you don't know, Marcus Freeman just had gotten hired to be the head coach of Notre Dame football after Brian Kelly, their former head coach, left to go take the LSU job. So people were wondering how would Marcus Freeman do in his first year with the Fighting Irish? Well, he's led Notre Dame to a top five recruiting class in the class of 2023 in his first official season as the head coach. And I would say he's been doing pretty solid. Now, he currently is trailing behind Ohio State and UT due to the fact that they both of those schools have kind of caught fire here in the past couple weeks with Ohio State landing pretty much three five-star recruits in back-to-back-to-back days. So that obviously elevated their draft, their, not draft class, it elevated their recruiting class a lot. And then UT, who's gotten an absolute abundance. And I mean, they just have gotten a load of recruits from three-star to five-star that's elevated their ranking as well. But Notre Dame, people don't need to forget how well Notre Dame has been recruiting these past couple weeks as well because they may not be getting any type of like blockbuster names, but the kids, but the talent and star-wise and just everything, just overall, the kids they're getting, in my opinion, is well more balanced than Ohio State and Texas. Now, the first commitment that I want to talk about is going to be regarding four-star, well, pretty much borderline five-star offensive tackle Charles Jagusa, and I'm sorry if I butchered that. I did not mean to butcher that. I'm just horrible when it comes to pronouncing names. But anyway, Charles Bagashaw, he's a six foot six, 308 pound kid from Rock Island, Illinois. Now he did have a couple Division One offers from Notre Dame, Michigan, Arkansas, Wisconsin, and Missouri, and he is finalist. I guess you could say we're pretty much Notre Dame in Michigan. Well. Charles decided to announce his commitment early on Thursday, and he announced that he will be joining Marcus Freeman in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, this is a huge get for Notre Dame. I mean, this is absolutely fantastic as Notre Dame, they've produced numerous offensive line talent in the NFL, most most recently Quentin Nelson. But let's talk about how bad Michigan has been so far when it comes to recruiting. They currently have, I think, the number 55th overall uh, recruiting class in the class of 2023 and they just lost a highly touted linebacker recruit as well as losing five-star quarterback in the class of 2024 cj carr who literally has michigan ties but decided to choose michigan's rival notre dame so it's interesting times right right now up in ann arbor i know a lot of michigan faithful they are very concerned with how just there seems to be no type of recruiting news and even just transfer portal news like Michigan really has not done anything this offseason like notable considering all of the players that they lost to the NFL draft like Daxton who who was a first round pick to the Cincinnati Bengals and then Hassan Haskins who was their leading rusher so 
definitely is some concerning times right now up in Ann Arbor. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think they will eventually, you know, find some type of way to be able to get these recruits, especially if they, you know, beat Ohio State again or have just a, you know, like 10 and 2, 10 and 3 season or 11 and 2, you know, 12 and 2 season. You know what I mean? Something along that. I think they could be able to get their recruiting up a little bit because Florida right now is currently going through the same kind of situation where it just you know, Billy Napier hasn't really seemed to be able to catch steam. They've lost some recruits to some schools that they should be able to get. But I do think if Florida can prove that, hey, we're more more focused on football than we are just straight up giving you money, then maybe some of these kids will want to go to the school. Because, I mean, Alabama, that's kind of been their whole philosophy is, you know, look, you come to our school, you'll get paid, you'll get paid way more later on. You know, you can win championships with us, get drafted into the NFL, and then you can make the bucks. You know what I mean? But anyway, besides the fact that I'm getting off topic a little bit, but Notre Dame has landed elite four-star slash five-star offensive lineman Charles Jagusa and continues to just absolutely upgrade at the offensive line. Now, the next Notre Dame commit I want to talk about is regarding 2024 four-star wide receiver Cam Williams. Now, Cam Williams, he is currently ranked as a top 150 recruit in the class of 2024 and is going to probably eventually end up being a five-star recruit. And Notre Dame has kind of be, kind of been after him for a while now. Now, Cam pretty much has every single Division One offer you can imagine. And Cam actually decided to announce his commitment on Wednesday. And he announced that he will be joining the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and head coach Marcus Freeman. I just I can't speak into terms how big of a difference it has been since Marcus Freeman has took over at Notre Dame. Because it just seems like players are wanting to go to Notre Dame now. And like elite talent is choosing Notre Dame over a lot of other huge offers. Because... I mean, Marcus Freeman hasn't even played one single game yet as the official head coach. Now, he was, I guess you could say, the head coach for the uh, Cheez-It Bowl against Oklahoma State on New Year's, but he t- but he wasn't the head coach. But anyway, just absolutely huge recruits that are committing to Notre Dame as Marcus Freeman is starting to kind of target his 2024 class as well, getting four-star wide receiver Cam Williams. Now, we're done with Notre Dame news, but let's talk about some Clemson news. And this first Clemson news that I do want to talk about is regarding a former commit, and it comes in the form of four-star wide receiver Nathaniel Joseph. Now, Nathaniel Joseph, a couple weeks back, had decided to actually decommit from Clemson during their kind of hot spree in the month of June, which did shock a lot of people. But Nathaniel, he's originally from the 305, which is Miami's area code. So a lot of people figured he would instantly become a Miami commit. Now, after... You know, taking a visit to Louisville, it did, seem, it did seem like Louisville, who also has been on a roll as of recently, could potentially land the super talented four-star wide receiver. But as you know, most people suspected he would end up committing to Miami, and that's exactly what he did on Tuesday after taking an official visit to the University of Miami. And he would even go on to say that he's been a diehard Kane for his whole life, and you know, going to Miami was his destiny, which kind of you know, questions, why did you ever commit to Clemson if you knew all along you wanted to go to Miami? Now, was there NIL involved in it? Possibly. I mean, it kind of seems as of right now, NIL is kind of the speaking point for a lot of recruits. But I also do think the fact that Miami just landed five-star quarterback in the 2023 class, Jaden Rashada, that also does seem to have a huge factor in into why Nathaniel also did end up going to Miami. But anyway, Miami lands another super talented recruit in the form of four-star wide receiver Nathaniel Joseph. Now for our next college football news, this is actually regarding a five-star recruit and also a top 10 recruit in the class of 2023. 
and this comes in the form of five-star offensive tackle Caden Proctor. Now, Caden Proctor, as of a couple weeks, had announced his final two schools to land him, and this comes in the form of Iowa and Alabama. Now, Caden chose these schools like pretty much the fact that both these schools have produced multiple NFL talent with Iowa producing all pro offensive guard Brandon Sheriff who currently plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well as all pro offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs who actually won a Super Bowl back in 2021 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then Alabama as we all know they've produced some pretty solid offensive line talent as well but anyway so he officially announced his commitment on Thursday to the school that he would be joining for the next three to four years and Caden announced that he would be joining the University of Iowa now Caden which I know a lot of people probably do not know, he is from the state of Iowa. He's played his high school football in Iowa. So it makes a lot of sense why he would want to stay at home and go play for the Iowa Hawkeyes, as well as the fact that he feels that he has a better relationship with the University of Iowa. And, you know, he just he believes in the message that they were giving him in during his recruitment. Now, Caden had literally every single offer that you could imagine, so he could have gone anywhere in the country. But the fact that he chose... Alabama and Iowa was pretty much due to the fact that he wanted to go to a school that he felt could be able to build him up the best in the offensive line position and Iowa and Alabama have pretty much been the best when it comes to producing NFL offensive offensive line talent so congratulations to Caden on committing to Iowa and Caden actually becomes the highest ranked recruit since they started ranking recruits in Iowa football history so huge get not just for Iowa but huge you know, commitment for Caden, who I think will probably end up becoming a pretty solid offensive lineman in the NFL. So, but anyway, five-star offensive lineman and top 10 recruit in the class of 2023, Caden Proctor has announced his commitment to the University of Iowa. Now, Alabama fans, in today's episode, I do have some news for you and actually some pretty underrated news that I know a lot of people are not going to be talking about. And this is regarding one of the best Juco players in all of the country comes in the form of linebacker Justin Jefferson out of Pearl River Community College in Mississippi. Now, no, this is not the star wide receiver that plays for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson, that played at LSU. This is regarding Jeff, Justin Jefferson, who was one of the most highly touted JUCO recruits in all of the country. Now, Justin has held numerous offers to some schools like Texas A&M, Florida, and pretty much just a lot of SEC schools. Now, after his official visit to Alabama, Justin pretty much knew from that point on he was going to end up going to Tuscaloosa. So earlier on this week, Justin announced that he would be committing to the University of Alabama. Now, Justin, he is six foot one, 210 pounds, and has been clocked running a 4-3-40. So definitely some elite talent. And even statistically during his time at Pearl River Community College, he put up some pretty solid stats as last season during his freshman season. He recorded 53 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, and three sacks. So huge get for Alabama as they are also projected to get another highly touted Juco recruit. So Alabama, they've also been on fire themselves, and we will talk about Alabama, I think, a little bit more later on in today's episode. But anyway, Alabama does land one of the top Juco recruits in all of the country in linebacker Justin Jefferson. Now the next college football news I want to talk about, we're actually going to go we're actually going to dive down a little bit into the FCS ranks of college football. And this is going to be regarding former Sam Houston State running back Ramon Jefferson. Now Ramon Jefferson, which is probably a name a lot of people have not heard about including myself for a while, but after reading up on Ramon and some of the things that he's done down in the FCS ranks, I'm really impressed. 
Ramon originally had started his um, college football career at the University of Maine, where he rushed for a thousand yards in 2018 as a redshirt freshman. But after that season, he would eventually transfer over to Garden City Community College in Kansas, which, if that does sound familiar, that is because it was the I guess you could say, quote-unquote, rival of Independence Community College in the Netflix show Last Chance U Season 3 and 4. But after that, he would then transfer to Sam Houston State, where after last season, he had an FCS All-American season where he rushed for over 1,200 yards. Now, after having a very fantastic season with the Sam Houston State Bearcats, he decided that he would officially announce that he would be entering the transfer portal, and a lot of schools were wanting him. Now, Originally, he did commit to Colorado after entering the transfer portal in January, but then would ultimately decommit from the Buffaloes about, I'd say, roughly a month ago. And then after that, a few other schools that were looking at him were Tennessee and Eastern Michigan. Well, earlier this week, Ramon officially announced his decision, and he will actually be going to the SEC, but will instead be going to Tennessee's rival school in Kentucky. So Kentucky lands one of the best running backs in the FCS level who had an all-American season last year and currently with the status of Benny Rodriguez who's dealing with a lot of off the field issues and legal issues is kind of up in the air so the fact that Kentucky's able to land Ramon Jefferson is a huge get for Mark Stoops Mark Stoops sorry I don't even I don't even know what I said it's like I said I almost said stupid but it is a huge get though for Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats now, we are done really talking about commitment news, transfer portal news, and all that for today's college football segment, but we still do have some pretty interesting headlines to discuss. And the first interesting headline that I want to talk about is a leaked recruiting visit video that came from a coach at Texas A&M. Now, if you're wondering, what could it possibly be? Were they just working these kids too hard? Were they, you know, giving them a lot of promise stuff, yada, yada, yada? Well, it's actually regarding NIL and some some interesting comment that a, a coach made during a recruiting visit. Now, this video is on the official um, Cover 7 with Mason Pierce Instagram, so if you do want to check that out, I will have that link down in the description so you can watch that video. Or if you just want to look it up on Twitter, literally just look up Texas A&M, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be like the top thing you can find. But in this video, the, so there's a coach and a couple recruits that are just down on the field at Kyle Field, and the coach turns his back to the players, points to like the sweet level of Kyle Field, and says, "You know, the, you know, y'all are already getting paid a lot of money by these people that operate these or that are behind these suites. So if you come to our school, you can expect to be paid a lot of money." Which kind of dictates the comments that Jimbo Fisher made when he was defending himself against Nick Saban, like I think probably almost a month now ago when that whole situation happened where Nick Saban called out Texas A&M for paying these kids a buttload of money. So it kind of does put Jimbo Fisher to shame and his comments to shame that his coaches are literally bribing these kids saying, look, you're going to get, you know, you're already getting paid a lot of money, but if you actually commit here, you'll get paid even more money. And it's kind of gone viral right now, pretty much everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever you can imagine, it has gone viral. And it's kind of funny that, you know, A&M has kind of been caught in 4K, you know, like a lot of people say, they've been caught in 4K for actually offering these kids you know, money. And this is during a recruiting visit. Now, we don't know exactly who was recording it or anything like this. All we know is that that is in a leaked video. But I do think it's funny that, you know, Jimbo Fisher was so, and I mean, just so, just consistently trying to get the SEC to do something about Nick Saban. And was also kind of throwing jabs at Nick Saban. And then we even had 
A&M try and pursue the SEC about giving Nick Saban a suspension and fine for his comments that he made about the university. And then not even a month later, there's a video that comes out with it. Like, I'm, I'm guessing probably an assistant coach or, or a recruiting coach talking about, you know, those people up there in those suites that are behind those suites. They're going to pay you even more money if you commit to our school. So I just think it's beyond wild that, I mean, we all knew A&M paid those kids. When you get off an 8-4 and four season and you have the number one recruiting class of all time, there was some type of money involved. I'm sorry. When you beat out Alabama – or Georgia or any of those schools in recruiting, especially in the SEC. Yeah, definitely something with money, especially in the SEC West nowadays where Ole Miss, Alabama, uh, LSU, Arkansas, even Arkansas now. I mean, they're recruiting very heavily, and then A&M beats all those schools out. Yeah, there's definitely some money involved. So I figured I'd let y'all know that A&M just got caught in 4K with recruiting kids via NIL telling them, hey, you know, come to our school. Those people up in those suites that are paying you all this money, they'll pay you. Excuse me, guys. They'll pay you even more. So, <laughs> I just, I just couldn't believe it because I'm like, we all knew that A&M was paying, you know, their recruits money. Which, don't get me wrong, A&M is not the only school paying, you know, kids money at all. USC is probably doing it. Texas is doing it. Florida's doing it. Florida State. Every school in the country is doing it in some form. But for a school that was so consistent about saying we don't do that at all these kids just want to play for A&M and then a video comes out of them doing the complete opposite it's just really just it's just funny and it kind of you know it just finally allows us to be able to have that you know we told you so type of thing you know we all knew you were lying and now we have proof type type of situation but yeah A&M got caught in 4k for literally offering these kids NIL money but anyway, guys, the next news I want to talk about is regarding USC and UCLA. Now, USC and UCLA, they've both been pretty unhappy as well as the Pac-12 commissioner have been pretty unhappy at the fact that, you know, their their uh, schedules haven't been focused around a lot of other conference opponents. Like, because I think it was last, I think it was last summer, the Big Ten, Pac-12, and the ACC announced, uh, I think it was a, not an alignment, but they announced an alliance where they kind of would schedule, you know, certain teams from certain conferences we play each other you know every other year and yada 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 well we really haven't seen anything like that happen so far and that's kind of gotten a lot of teams pretty upset now usc and ucla completely just shocked the entire college football community as on thursday morning they announced and a report came out from a lot of reliable sources from espn fox wherever you might have it they announced that USC and UCLA are planning on leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten probably by as early as 2024. So this is a really shocking you know, headline at first because myself included doesn't make sense. The Big Ten is a Midwestern or East Coast kind of you know conference where it features schools like Maryland, Rutgers, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and all of those schools, you know, just... USC and UCLA, it doesn't make sense geographically why they would want to go to the Big Ten. But when I delved, when I dived a little bit into the whole story and why UCLA and USC could potentially want to go to the Big Ten, it all started to make a little bit of sense. Now, the Big Ten conference as a whole right now is in talks for its next media rights deal with uh, potentially ESPN and Fox that ends next spring. And the Big Ten currently is looking for upwards of a billion dollars in its next deal, which is probably why USC and UCLA wanted to announce that they would be trying to join the Big Ten at least in the next couple years. So 
I think this this whole decision is more of a financial move because, yeah, also they're going to be screwing themselves over a little bit because of traveling and everything like that. Because you have to think, USC and UCLA are literally all the way down in Southern California, and you're going to be traveling up to states like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio, Michigan, which are completely nowhere near the state of California. But it also does make a lot of sense because they'll have a lot more desirable matchups playing schools like Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Minnesota versus playing Oregon State, you know, Washington State, Arizona State, Arizona. Just a lot of schools that end up being, you know, 11 o'clock at night games on a Saturday night that most people are already asleep and don't end up watching. So. It does make sense why they would want to go to the Big Ten because they could potentially get those big noon kickoff games or be able to get those 330 games and even primetime games. So it's just one of those things where it makes sense, but also at the same time it doesn't because USC and UCLA are going to have to travel a load just to be able to play certain games in the Big Ten Conference. Now, nothing is official yet. They are still trying to work out the details of what it would take to be able to actually leave the Pac-12 and then join the Big Ten, but it definitely looks from the signs of it that USC and UCLA will be joining the Pac, or not the Pac-12, they will be joining the Big Ten as early as 2024. So pretty much two years from now, we could be seeing USC taking on Ohio State in the Horseshoe or even down in the Coliseum. Now on Instagram, one of my favorite accounts, TND Takeover, who covers everything college football, if you want to check them out, you know, definitely just look up TND Forever, not Forever, Takeover. He posted a thing saying how interesting it would be to see a lot of these Southern Cal kids traveling up to Madison, Wisconsin, you know, in a November game where it's snowing and seeing how well that goes. And now that I think about it a lot more, yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see how a lot of these kids who have never even seen snow are going to have to play in 20-degree weather where it's snowing, and they're from sunny California where it's pretty much 60 degrees all winter long. So it'll be interesting to see how these teams adapt to playing these Midwestern states and Northern states because... Man, is it just a complete, complete different beast in the Big Ten with just weather and atmosphere as well. But anyway, guys, that is it for today's college football news. I know there was a lot, and I mean a lot to unravel. But let me know y'all's favorite thing that we talked about. Mine was probably the whole Texas A&M situation because they kind of got exposed for you know, lying about the whole situation that, you know, they didn't pay these kids via, you know, boosters or anything like that. So, but anyway, guys, let's transition into our one NFL topic to talk about today. And this is regarding Terry McLaurin and the Washington Commanders. Now, Terry McLaurin has been an absolute beast for the Washington Commanders ever since he was drafted back in 2019. As he as, as he has accounted for over a thousand receiving yards in the past two seasons, as well as being named to his first Pro Bowl in the 2021 season. So Terry McLaurin has also been one of the more reliable wide receivers in all the NFL, as he has has literally played an average of about 15 games every season since he joined Washington back in 2019. So it definitely was about time, and it was due for him to be able to receive a contract extension. Now, earlier on this week, Washington and Terry McLaurin, they agreed to a new three-year 71 million dollar contract extension that also includes a 28 million dollar signing bonus so definitely Terry McLaurin got the bag but also I think it's not that bad of a deal for the Washington Commanders as well because Terry McLaurin has the potential to be a top 15 wide receiver in the NFL and has definitely shown glimpses of that so 
huge, and I mean huge keep for the Washington Commanders that have been needing to be able to find some stability when it comes to the wide receiver position for years now. Now, anyway, guys, that will wrap up today's NFL segment. So let's talk about our final portion of today's episode, and this is going to be some NBA news. Now, the first NBA news that I do want to talk about is regarding San Antonio Spurs star point guard DeJounte Murray, who the Spurs have been kind of actively shopping as they are looking to rebuild. Now, the Spurs and the Atlanta Hawks, they agreed on a trade on Wednesday that would send DeJounte Murray to the Atlanta Hawks for three first-round picks and Danilo Gallinari. And this is an absolute steal of a trade for the Atlanta Hawks because DeJounte Murray, who was just off his first All-Star game appearance last season, he averaged roughly 20 points per game and eight assists last season with the Spurs. And has the potential to be one of the better guards in all of the NBA. And now that he's teaming up with Trey Young, it gives the Hawks one of the best young backcourts in the NBA. And I think they will pair together, you know, absolutely well as they kind of complement each other's weaknesses with, you know, DeJounte Murray being able to give you open assists and being able to also slash down in the paint while you also have Trey Young being able to shoot outside the perimeter. So this was an absolute just amazing trade for the Hawks. But I know Nick fans are going through it as well because with all the Jalen Brunson news and everything like that, I know some Nick fans are kind of 50-50 with it because Jalen Brunson is a good guard. He showed it with the Mavs this past season. But the Knicks are wanting to offer him, and like a, I think it's an almost near a max extension to come sign with the Knicks. And they're pretty much just giving away everything. They pretty much didn't even make a pick at all during the NBA draft. And they had a lot of fans pissed off to begin with. So it's definitely interesting to see if the Knicks will actually go after Jalen Brunson in free agency if he does hit free agency, the free agency market or if he returns back to Dallas. But anyway, guys, I'm not going to dive in too much because I don't want to give y'all any type of like false news or not false news, but any type of like false discussions or anything like that because I'm not the biggest NBA person I love watching the NBA you know I keep up with it but I want to be able to give you all the blockbuster news and the stuff that is like really important but also not mislead you or anything like that but anyway guys the final news of today's episode is going to be regarding Brooklyn Nets star forward Kevin Durant now Kevin Durant recently had been in a lot of discussions with the whole Kyrie Irving situation because we, a lot of people thought, even in the NBA, that Kyrie Irving was pretty much set to be on his way to the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, Kyrie Irving decided to do a complete 360 and announced that he would opt into his player option with the Brooklyn Nets and would be staying for his final year with the Brooklyn Nets, his four-year commitment that he had to Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. Well... Uh, it's Kevin Durant, I guess, did not feel the same way as on Thursday. Kevin Durant announced that he would be requesting a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And, I mean, I can't really blame him because these past couple years, excuse me again, guys, I bet you he's probably felt like a one-man army, whether it's been Kyrie and his whole vaccination situation or you had James Harden just not being able to play consistent basketball due to injuries. So I know that's definitely been bugging Kevin Durant a lot, and I know that he's been in a lot of discussions about potentially wanting to move on. And now it's official. Kevin Durant is requesting a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Anyway, guys, that will wrap up today's episode. Let me know what y'all's favorite thing that we talked about today down in the comments of any Instagram post that I have. Or let me know in my DMs as well on Instagram. You know, I'll make sure that I try and respond to all of y'all. But anyway, guys, I really do appreciate y'all for consistently listening to these episodes and showing any type of support that you do. Now, if you are feeling a little bit generous with your support, 
Anchor.com is offering a $4.99 a month monthly supporter or monthly, yeah, monthly supporter program where you can just pay $4.99 a month and it allows me to better the quality of the podcast, give, you know, some of the supporters some exclusive episodes, exclusive, you know, just whatever information or anything like that, as well as be able to give y'all some exclusive giveaways for certain milestones that we reach here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. But anyway, guys, I am not at all telling y'all y'all have to do it or telling you that, you know, that's the only way you, you can show support. Y'all simply show support by being able to listen to the podcast, giving ratings, likes, whatever it might be. Anything that y'all do, I so much greatly appreciate. And I'm so thankful to be able to have such an amazing community like y'all. But anyway, guys, that will wrap up today's episode. So I hope y'all have a fantastic Friday. I hope y'all have a fantastic rest of y'all's week. And I will see y'all back here on Monday. Peace.